This is The Unholy Union. A podcast where you'll be subjected to highly offensive marital discourse. If you do not feel insulted during this week's episode, don't worry, we'll try harder next week. If you can relate to our ramblings, we want to be friends with you. If you believe that we take it too far or our mouths are too much for you, then with as much love and sincerity as we can muster, you can suck it. Welcome to The Unholy Union. It is 79 degrees right now in Florida. I don't like it. It's cold. It's Well... I do like it. Uh, well, I, we fished. Well, I fished for 15 minutes this morning and it was awesome. Was it now? Yeah. You sat in the car. Yeah. With kiddo watching videos. Yeah. yeah it was wonderful. I don't understand why you, neither one of you can just be outside in nature and enjoy it, especially when it's 79 degrees. We can, but we're addicted to Johnny Tsunami, I think is his username on Instagram and he does all those videos where he making fun of that lady. Yeah, mimics the coffee lady, the coffee lady. Oh my god! <laughs> I did want to talk about that too. I'm what? glad we just randomly got on this because if she thinks she's sexy, <laughs> she's not. She is a living meme because because of what she's doing. Well, I mean, she's making coffee recipes. Like that's a big thing in. Okay, I understand, but there's a way to do it to not. Be so cringe. You don't like it when she says, honey. No, that's what I'm saying. Is she doing it on purpose to be like a meme? Like, is she trying to be funny or is she doing it to be serious and try to be like this sexy coffee? A little bit of both, to be honest. Because it's awful. I'm like, (laughs) when she does that breathy crap, I'm like, I know your breath is humming. (laughs) Well, I'm sure some other men would be like, ooh, I don't know. I want to smell your stinky breath. (laughs) I feel like feet. I don't know. It, it, it's weird. <laughs> but we like those videos and it cracks us up. So, yeah, we spent some time watching those videos. And- 15 minutes of TikTok. <laughs> it was funny Ugh. watching all those. And our daughter likes to mimic it, too. She'll say, she'll say caramel. I know, yeah, she's, she does a really good job making fun of that lady, too. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> Coffee. Perfect. Right. That's what that's the catchphrase right now is perfect. <laughs> I don't like it. Okay, well, I'm glad you weren't there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's rude. Well, you don't like it. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. We took a break. We did. We took a little bit of a break. We did. And one of our listeners, Aaron, decided to give me shit through email. <laughs> love you. Uh-huh, it's all love. <laughs> yeah, we took a little break. We did. Um, and it yeah. wasn't really, it was kind of a, we would have notified everybody and kind of said previously, but it was kind of an impromptu type deal. We're bad about social media. We really need to leverage it more when we take these kind of breaks. Like, we're not dead. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's Social media is just something else to try to keep up with, and it's not not very easy to do. Yeah, we need to be better about it. But we took a break for mental health purposes and other things that are going on within the family. But specifically, you know, you get so bogged down with bad news. Oh, yeah. That you just need to take a break from it. But before we get to that, some of the things that have been going on, our cat has a UTI. Yes, he's been, I think he's been finding some dirty cat. <laughs> you probably get one of them alley cats in here, paid her five bucks. Uh-huh. Or whatever. That would happen. Yeah, paid her five ounces of catnip. <laughs> oh, my God. And yeah, now he's suffering the consequences. We all are. Right. That poor cat. I felt so bad for him. He he just dribble. 
all over the place. I mean, you could see that he was almost panicking because he couldn't make it to the litter box. Mm -hmm. And he would take off running and then he would, he couldn't make it. So he'd just squat wherever he was. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I felt so bad for him. Yeah. So we had to take him to the vet and now we have to give him medicine. And he's on a special diet because Mm -hmm. he has what they call crystals in his bladder, which is a normal thing for cats, but they want to make sure that it doesn't become like a major blockage to where he has to have surgery. So this diet supposedly increases the acidity of his piss. (laughs) It was just gross. And how do you make cat piss more acidic? I don't know. That stuff stinks already. Oh my God. But yeah, so it supposedly will dissolve said crystals before they become a problem. Yeah, and to give a cat medicine, like, that is no easy feat. (laughs) Well, to be fair, he isn't that bad. I just have to pick him up. Yeah, he don't like it, Mm -hmm. but I got to pick him up and kind of hold his arms and legs down. I guess he has four legs. (laughs) (laughs) Two arms, two legs. Yeah, I got to hold all of his limbs. (laughs) In like a stationary spot, so he doesn't try to kick and get away, but then I have to hold his mouth open and squirt the syringe in his mouth. But one was, what was very interesting was giving him a pill. Right. I put it in his mouth, and he just swallowed it. I was like, the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) That was easy. I thought that was going to be the hard part versus the liquid. Mm -hmm. It was easier. And we've had a lot of, you know, animals in our life pets over the years. Yeah. And the only time that I can remember a cat giving a cat medicine and like for one of my pets, I've only ever had one besides this one. Anyways, he we would put it in his food, his wet food, and he would eat around it. Oh yeah. So for our cat Benny to be able to just swallow it, like he's a champ. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of don't give him much of a choice. That's true. I guess you could say because I'm holding him and giving him both you, doses. You stroke the throat after it goes. No, I just I just tell him I'm gonna put you in a sleeper hold if you don't take this. <laughs> No, but I just put the pill in his mouth and I kind of close his mouth for him a little bit and then it was gone. So I hope he took it. I mean, where would it go? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Well, then our daughter has lice again. Second second round here. Yep. (sighs) And I will tell everyone that that treatment, the Nick stuff. Is gross. It is the most vilest crap, but it does work. But it's nasty. Mm-hmm. It's like you might as well pour olive oil all over your head. Right. It and it is, doesn't come out easy. Yeah. It is very oily and it stays in your hair for a while. And I, I get that's probably the point and purpose. Yeah. It says it suffocates everything. Right. But it's so gross. <laughs> that's why I guess that's why you're supposed to leave it in for 10 minutes so that you know for a fact like everything's dead. They can't hold their breath for 10 minutes. It's dead. You're all dead. <laughs> But it's nasty. I don't like lice. It's not fun. The comb that they give you to go through the hair, it's a pain in the ass because it tugs the hair and then your kid yells at you and wants to cut your arms off. Yep. It's awful. That's a normal morning though, every time we brush your <laughs> yeah, hair. Yeah, but it's worse with that thing because it's so fine to catch the eggs. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. The nits. Yeah. So it's just been fun over here in the household. Oh, the right hair. Now, but I have also been having some health issues. Nothing serious and it's essentially unexplained woman issues and i'll leave it at that but one of, the <laughs> one of the things i wanted to talk about is that when i went to the doctor well let me back up i called the doctor when i started having the issues and they basically brushed me off 
and told me, you know, to wait until the next available appointment, which is like two weeks from that. Okay, fine. They're not concerned. I won't be concerned. Get into the doctor's office. And the doctor basically says, I'm not concerned. These are natural side effects. So nothing to worry about, right? And I'm looking at her like, you don't really know the full, you weren't there, right? She wasn't there in the moment when I was having these issues. So she doesn't know the full extent. And I'm trying to explain it to her, but she's still kind of brushing it off. So I really went into advocating for myself with my doctor. Like, no, I, I get, I hear what you're saying, that maybe this is normal, but can we please double check? Yeah, let's, let's. Like, you're not even looking at, she's looking at me as a person, but like not inside of me where things are happening. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be graphic. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, though, like advocating, right? Like, doctors sometimes feel like they will brush us off, right? Oh, I mean, it, it was the same thing with the OCD stuff we went through. Right. I, I, oh, you your first initial appointment is going to be an hour. We're gonna, you're going to sit down with me. You're going to explain everything, blah, 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 blah. It was like 10 minutes. Right. Okay. Exactly. So I really want to harp on this for a second and advocating for yourself with your doctor. Yep. Because... Feeling brushed off like that, if you leave that appointment without doing it, then you are essentially leaving without answers, right? Yeah, and all you're going to do is have to schedule another expensive appointment. Right, if the the issues keep occurring or if you still have concerns, right? So at this appointment, I advocated for myself and got the things that I wanted. Basically asked her, like, can we do this? She says, well, I could be convinced. It's like... Why do I have to convince you? Yeah, I know. It's like that should be, it's almost like a precautionary thing. Right. Can we double check? Right. So definitely advocate for yourself. Another thing that this doctor said, and I'm 10 seconds away from switching doctors at this point. I think you should anyway. (laughs) Is the age of personalized medicine will be long after she and I die. And I'm, I'm, when she said that, I'm like, so you know there's a way. There is a way to have personalized medicine, and it's to understand someone's hereditary history, their genetic makeup, like hormonal balance. Right. Understand the person and then treat the person rather than, oh, you have this list of symptoms. That sounds kind of like this over here. Yeah, it's it's awful. But to be fair, she's probably not wrong because of the way America's health system is. It is all about profit. And doing those personalized medicine things, it's very expensive. Well, and I get that. I I understand that it's very expensive. I understand that it's not what's being done today. But if you, as a medical professional, know that it would help your patient, why wouldn't you fight for that? She probably does. But they insurance... I don't believe she does, but continue. Insurance will not cover that kind of stuff. They want to lump you in... That's the problem. I know. Insurance, Insurance. Is, is a fucking scam mm-hmm. because it's crap. Like she just essentially told you like any everything that I'm doing right now is putting you into a classification and not specific to you. Right. That's bullshit because yep. your issues are totally different from everybody else's issues. Nobody's the same. But that's that's the problem. So you've got Big Pharma who runs a lot of stuff. You've got in, giant insurance companies who run a lot of stuff. And then you've got the hospitals. They're all in cahoots to try to, you know, get 
get the most profit out of you. It's it's awful. Mm-hmm. It seriously is awful. And listen to the episode of with Justin Bizarro because, well, it's conspiracy tinfoil hat shit. But he and I think that even food companies may be involved in all that stuff, right? Because the first thing you should do is change your diet for health. Mm-hmm. And they never do that. Like they never tell you that in a hospital. Of course not. They never say, "Hey, you know." You're eating too many Whoppers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not talking about the fucking Burger King one. I'm talking about the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say that I thought about the Burger King one? <laughs> but the point, though, is why don't they advocate? See, that that doctor could advocate for you changing your diet. Mm-hmm. And she didn't. Right. And that's free. But that's free. Mm-hmm. That costs them nothing. Or it will make them no money, but it costs you nothing. And, well, it costs you going to the grocery store, but they don't make that money. Right. So they ha- they want to pump you full of hormonal imbalancing medication like birth control, because that's what that does. It fucks with your hormones. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to keep throwing pills at you until one may work okay. Right. But there's... A laundry list of side effects for very little gain when there's other things out there that can balance your hormones that are natural. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate goal, though, for birth control is to not get pregnant. I understand. You can't do that naturally unless, you know, you do some outwardly contraception. I understand. But but that's what condoms are for. True. I did a a science class at Liberty University, which is a Christian university. Mm -hmm biology class and they talked about bang bang you know bang a lang <laughs> why are you talking in code they talked about sex got it yeah they talked about sex and they talked about contraception and they're a christian university but they had a lot of good points on why you shouldn't use hormonal type of contraception because it can be permanent it can make you infertile for the rest of your life if you ever want to have a kid Things of that nature. At this point, they can rip it all out of me and I would be extremely happy. I am over this shit. But my point in all of this is saying that personalized medicine and the fact that for whatever reason, my insurance isn't covering all, like most of the costs here. I'm spending like 250 bucks out of pocket on for, some of these things. For preventive medicine. Right. Which is crap. Exactly. So it's just like, it just feels like even if you do advocate for yourself, you're going to be out of pocket at some point like you're gonna have to pay for it and that's bullshit well in all this all this is to say you're we're already being squeezed hard from inflation Mm -hmm. rising taxes and things of that nature but now you're having to to pay 250 bucks just to go see a doctor right for a, a lady time doctor I'm serious. You can say GYN, honey. No, I, I know, but it's just messed up. It doesn't. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And this dog is tripping, <laughs> literally. So all that uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, she derailed you a little, bit. <laughs> a little bit. So with all of our other problems that are going on, again, one of the bigger drivers. You know, we have a lot on our plate. The news just fucking sucks. Yes. We just, we needed a mental health break to deal with all of our things and just kind of like break away right. from the news, essentially. And we, and we, to, we have not been 
sleeping on the podcast. Like, no, we've been working our butts yeah, off, and we'll get to that in a second. Right. We are. We have a lot of things in on the burner. Right. Cooking. Cooking. So, I want to make it very clear that I think mental health breaks are important. So, rounding out all of the other problems that we had, you know, talking about mental health and taking a break from bad news, I think is extremely important. One of the things that I don't think that we as Americans do well, though, is taking that break and actually unplugging. No, they d- no, we don't. And I think for us, unplugging is different than for other people or other countries even. Like, when I think of what we did over the last two weeks, we really weren't unplugged. Absolutely not. We had so much going on with lives, right, our other problems, but also to step away and not read the news, I think to us that was kind of unplugging, but still to an extent we're we're still ingesting that. A hundred percent. Like the Gaza, Israel, Israel, Palestine, Hamas, war, what conflict is going on and that you can't, it's almost like you can't mute it mm-hmm. unless you completely unplug as in. Don't look at your phone. Screen time, go bye-bye. Right. And that's hard. A hundred percent. But I was curious, like, what other countries allow should someone get to a point where they need a mental health break? And l- I want you to listen to this because I want to talk about it for a second. Under Germany's burnout leave policy, if you tell your work you are burnt out, they as a country have a policy for burnout leave. Employees who are suffering from burnout can take up to 72 weeks of paid leave. The policy aims to help employees recover from their stress and restore their energy and motivation. It also benefits employers by reducing absenteeism, turnover, and the healthcare costs. Can you imagine the difference in this country for mental health if that was a thing? Yeah, it would be good. Right. Like the... I think overnight, well, I guess over 72 weeks, <laughs> the mental health of many people would improve drastically. But I don't know. I can see very a lot of abuse going on with that. 72 weeks? That's more than a year. Well, okay. So I didn't get into the nitty gritty of it. But the way it sounds is you have to be essentially diagnosed with burnout. i'm burnt out doc well you go to your doctor you go to a therapist and they say yeah you're burnt out here's 72 weeks of paid leave 72 weeks that's fucked up it's insane i agree (laughs) but can you imagine the i what would happen to somebody i think work is just a very small fraction of mental health i do I think it's more to do with everybody being a zombie, a cell phone zombie, and focusing on that all day, every day, spending hours upon hours getting that dopamine hit of scrolling through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. I think work is a lot less. I don't believe that. This this country used to work their fucking asses off. And look where it got us. I understand. They didn't have this like major depression type of issues. No, that's wrong. They did. They just covered it up with that's not normal. So nobody showed it. Nobody sought help. 
there was still suicide, especially during the market crash. Oh, there yeah. Was still, of course there was. People with alcohol and drug abuse because they wouldn't go get help. So, I no, feel like I don't it was a that. lot less. Technology is poison. Well, I don't, I agree that technology isn't helping for sure. And maybe it is making it more happen more. But to say that it didn't happen back then. Oh, I'm not saying it didn't happen back then. I guarantee you it was less pre- prevalent. They didn't have access to 24 hour sensationalized negativity penetrating their brain meat. And I agree with that. You and I went out Friday morning to pick up a crate for the cat to take him to the to the vet. And we saw high schoolers at the bus stop. Not one of them was talking to each other. Not one kid was talking to another kid. They were all buried in their cell phones. It was sad. Actually, there were two kids, and they were sharpening sticks into, like, spears. Yeah, they were about to kill each other. They were about to (laughs) 300 and shit. But, yes, to your point, the majority of them were locked in their phones. It was extremely weird. I'm like, how is that good for you? Because we're social creatures. Right. And no, you cannot replace social with social media. That's not the same as you looking at somebody in the eye directly and talking to them. Well, they actually just did a study on that. And I think it's one of the articles that has been published on the side of going back into the office. When you have face-to-face meetings, you have more neural pathways that are active than when you're on a Zoom meeting. I mean, I can kind of believe that, I think, for sure, because there's... You're 90% of the people that I meet with on a Zoom call, they don't have their cameras on, mm-hmm. first off. So it's like, I'm not, I'm just talking to a voice. Right. But when you turn your camera on, it's a little bit better, but I still don't think it's 100%. No, you're still not getting that face to face interaction. No, I'm not saying that you can't adjust to that and still kind of, you know, make it work, but I don't think it's as good. But to the point of, mental health breaks. I mean, 72 weeks might be too much, but for people who are diagnosed with anxiety or depression and it is severe and you give them a 72 week break, could you, uh, I could foresee that they would come out of the severity of it and be able to manage it easier. I don't know because I feel like if you gave somebody 72 weeks, it might get worse. Because they could sit at home and be on their phone all day. Okay, so we're half full, half empty kind of deal right now? I I think that work is a very small portion of mental illness in this country. The way the U.S. does work, I don't agree with that. The way the U.S. does work is we do overtime. We do clock in, clock out to the minute. No, I agree. I don't. I think that's wrong. That's too much. I think flexibility is more of a fixer than just giving you 72 weeks off. Saying like, hey, I got to take my kid to school on Mondays and Tuesdays. Can you just let me come in half hour late? And if this is work should be like, Absolutely. But if you give your employees that kind of flexibility, then that helps a lot. I agree with that. But you look at countries in Europe, right? Or I see the lady who moved to Italy from the U.S. or Spain, one of the two, in the way she works. Like in the first year, she had the American mentality, clock in, clock out. 
In the second year, she took an hour lunch break and got more acclimated to the way of life in Europe. And then by her third year, it's, you know, she works when she works, she gets it done, and that's the end. So the idea of the way Americans work, I think something like a burnout policy would be helpful. 72 weeks might be a lot, but if the U.S. does work the way that it does now forever, I I think mental health is going to get worse. It will, probably. But like I said, I feel like that's a... You can't just give people 72 weeks off and expect things to change because I think that 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 may be a part of the problem, but it's not it's not the solution to everything. Well, work it, sucks. Everybody fucking hates work. OK, Blink-182. But it's other things. It's the cell phone addiction. It's the TikTok. Keeping up with the Jones garbage. It's filtering yourself and everybody's fake now. It's getting lip filler because why? <laughs> All that to say that breaks are are important though. Again, seventy two weeks might be a lot, but yeah. But I'm the I I like I think breaks are good, but you should m- make sure you take a break from a lot of things, not just your work. Right. Okay. I can I can get on board with that. So if you took a break from work, took a break from social media, took a break from whatever stressors are going on in your life and really truly disconnected. Right. So I found this definition. I think it's really important that at their core, mental health breaks are about creating a space, both physical and emotional, that allows you to step back from your regular routines, commitments, and responsibilities to focus on restoring your mental well-being. So I think to your point, like that's a that's a multi yeah. break from a lot of things. Right. Not just one. And I would recommend people buy a dumb phone off of Amazon and swap SIM cards if you want to truly do a detox of like the digital nature. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, seriously though, buy like a a cheap flip phone off Amazon and swap SIM cards when you need a break from social media. Force yourself because it's very difficult to have a smartphone in your pocket and not grab for it. Right. Right. Well, I think the last thing to kind of close up mental health and or just health in general, Matthew Perry passed away. He did. And he was Chandler on Friends, if you don't recall. But he, they did that reunion show for HBO. He was the realest one on there. I love that guy. He was very real on the show, but he also looked horrible. No, he did. He's he had a lot of health issues from from substance abuse. Mhm. Oh. So much to the point where his colon almost exploded. I think it did explode. Ugh. And he had a 2% chance to live and he actually lived. But I wonder like he, it was an apparent drowning is the last I've seen on the news, but that's strange. It makes you wonder did he relapse and It does. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll find out more over the next couple of weeks but that's sad he was one of my favorite characters i mean ross is probably top for me but me too (laughs) he was he was up there because of i don't know the kind of humor that he had yeah 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 he was goofy i don't know it's that's sad it's so he was 54 i believe yes like i don't know it's it's weird like 
growing up in the 90s, right? That's all we watched. Yeah, that was like the <laughs> biggest show ever. Right. And for him to pass at 54, you know, they had the reunion show. They said they didn't want to ever do like an actual Friends episode episode because they left it off so well. And I agree with that, but yeah, that is now completely gone. Like, you can't do it without him. No, it's like going to see ACDC right now. Well, no, I think they got him back. ACDC? I'm not fucking 60% of the band is... Well, I meant the lead singer. Dirt napping. (laughs) The lead singer. I know, but it doesn't make sense. It's not AC... I hate when bands do that crap. Leonard Skinner. Yeah, it's not them anymore. You are lying. Yeah, the brand that that band is gone. Leave them. Leave it alone. Right. Say ACDC two <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> the sequel. There you go. I just I don't know. It's sad. Hope I'm hoping that it was just you know natural causes and all that good stuff. It's not good no matter what it is, but hopefully it's not a relapse thing and. It just makes me think, like, did other generations experience, and I'm not saying that I'm taking this, like, really hard, depressed kind of thing. I mean, it sucks, right? Yeah. But did other generations have this kind of attachment to shows or... I doubt it. ...actors the way that millennials do? No, because they all went outside and touched grass. <laughs> Okay, we're back to that. <laughs> yep, screen time. Screen time bad. Yeah, screen time bad. It's, I get it. It's not good. I mean, I'm tired of hearing about Taylor Swift and that football guy. I don't give a fuck. Well, I hope they're happy, but other than that, don't care. It just makes me wonder, like, if any other generations really had the tie that millennials do. Like, it seems like it started with millennials, right? That we really tied to actors on the screen. Yeah, I mean, that that was the... Media was big. I mean, TV and stuff. Now it's internet, but right back then it was television. My home improvement, friends, boy meets world, boy meets world. Yeah, exactly. All that stuff. All the cartoons. Hey Arnold, Dud, Doug. <laughs> I miss all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I really do. But you know what's weird is I tried to watch that the other day. Doug. Doug? Yeah. Oh my god, it's awful. <laughs> I feel like everything that we watched as kids was, it's probably cringe now. It is. It's like you have that nostalgia and you're like. You hear me? Gen Z, cringe. Oh my God. But you have that nostalgia and then you look at it. You're like, holy crap. I watched this religiously and I thought it was so good. It Uh sucks. (laughs) Well, Halloween's coming up. Yay. I wonder if anybody will dress up as Chandler Bing. Too soon? I mean, that's good. That's a way to keep his memory, his memory alive. But how do you dress up as a normal person? (laughs) Well, so you could probably do it with Joey, the character Joey, more than you could with Chandler because Joey put on those pile of clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that would be funny. But our kiddo is going to be. Zombies. Yeah, the movie Halloween. The Disney movie. Zombies. Zombies. The girl. Her name is Addison. She's a cheerleader. So our kiddo is going to be her. But she talked about cutting her hair. I was like, you can't cut your hair until after Halloween. She doesn't want to do that. Yes, she did. She told me. She don't want to. She said, I hate brushing my long hair. Yeah, I don't get it. (laughs) It's like World War Three when we have to brush your hair in the morning. Every time. Every time. 
But we also have some, like you said, some exciting things coming up. We've been working hard on trying to get our next interviews lined up. We have a musician interview cooking, and it's not Oliver Anthony, so don't get excited for Oliver Anthony, but this guy's name is Charlie Marks. He's a folk musician, bluegrass guy. He's really cool, and he's got some good stuff on Spotify, so we're going to have him on probably next week. And then... We have another one. Hopefully, we're working on scheduling her right now, talking all about the idea of sustainability within the world for infrastructure, and that does equate to water, but also sharing of wealth. So we'll see when we can get her in as well. Yeah. Sounds good. Lots of good stuff. Love you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Unholy Union podcast. For more Unholy Union content, check out our social media at Unholy Union Cast on Instagram and Twitter. We also have Facebook and TikTok. Want to support the podcast? Rock some merch. Check out our merchandise store on our site at unholyunionpodcast.com. Again, thank you for listening, and we hope to have you back next week. It's what you do with things you love.